0: Log Talk Radio
1: Hello, everyone. This is Billy B.J. Jones, and I'm here with my brother. You know his name. He is Nadim Tabsh. <laughs> We're back on a Friday Live, Friday, July 16, 2021, for another Fright Talk segment, and this one's titled St. Augustine, Florida. If at any time you'd like to speak to us during this live podcast, you can call us at 347-539-5372. Again, that's 347-539-5372. And you can continue to inbox us with your questions, comments, or requests at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com. That's everydayfolks with an S, listen at gmail.com. Or guys at gmail.com. <clears throat> dot com. And you can also inbox us on our Fright Talk Guys um, Instagram. It's open. Go ahead and like us. We, we like you. We'll, we'll appreciate it. You can continue to follow us. And then also, NTABS is available too, N T A B S C H in case you want to connect with our brother, my brother here. Folks, tonight's segment is about St. Augustine, Florida. St. Augustine, Florida has an incredible spooky history. Known for its rustic small town charm, this city has a few ghost stories that delight and entertain. Don't be scared. Join us if you dare. And <laughs> Here we are tonight. Nadine, St. Augustine, Florida is we live in Florida. We're privileged to get to it not too many miles or far away from us. It definitely is a place to visit. When you visited last, well, how many years ago has it been since you've been in St. Augustine?
0: Uh, It's been a while. I would, It's probably been about nine years.
1: Yeah, me 13. Me 13 yeah. as well. Um, wow. it, it. But that doesn't mean. The fact is, folks, we were there. We were there for a couple of days. And it is definitely a a, a geographic location that we want to talk about. Now, I got to share this, what's interesting about all these towns, these old towns, every state has its story, and it Uh has its uncanny circumstances, and of course, its amazing history. And so tonight, you're going to be hearing a combination of those stories and interests. We are no experts on what we've heard. We're only going by our own observations and the things that we experienced ourselves So if any time during this segment, if you have a a particular story or a little reminder something that happened perhaps while you were there, or maybe a a unique tale that we have yet to hear, let us know about it. Do do chime in at any given time.
0: And, you know, Billy, you brought up a very good point. There's a lot of states and there's a lot of cities across the United States that have its own rich history, but none quite like St. Augustine. And for you folks listening, St. Augustine is the oldest city in the United States. It is the oldest city in the United States. Um, you know, it served as a fort for the Spaniards. I mean, we're going back to the 1500s. And since then, a lot of things have been preserved. And, you know, usually, Billy, when we have these these places in different states and we have these cities, and you you know that there's different – they'll say, oh, well, that place is haunted or there's been an apparition in this place. And it's usually confined to just a few places. However, in St. Augustine, there is a slew of paranormal activity, and there are tons of reports of um, hauntings or, or uh, figures or orbs. And it's actually on the list as one of the most haunted places in the United States, along with Savannah, Georgia – and actually, Key West, Florida, as well.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Ghost Hunters, the Ghost Hunter series on Travel Channel, they actually featured it a few years back. I remember catching a few episodes. um fact, that's not one episode about it. And it was, uh, I didn't watch it fully, but I was fascinated with the fact that they covered the lighthouse quite a bit. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was its focus. Uh-huh. And I thought it was neat because lighthouses are great, you know, great spaces. But lighthouse is also... I can think of at least six different lighthouse stories that all relate to some uncanny, unfortunate circumstance, either by yeah. the, high, the, 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 the the lighthouse keeper or workers right. or a child that frequented around the place. And of course, St. Augustine is no exception. You want to share it folks. Though, if you ever Google St. Augustine, you'll see one of its biggest, it, it, one of its most, um, I guess, symbolic symbols is the lighthouse, right? But there are others as well it has a, a host of cemeteries, you know, that right. some of that, that keep and house some of, of, of Florida's history, as well as Castillo de, de San Marcos, which is a, a famous fort, which is allegedly haunted as well. So there are all these incredible spaces. It's not a big city, but yet Nadine made a comment right before the show. We were talking, reminiscing on our times back there. I recall very distinctly when I got there, I was fine during the day, but as the night grew on, I was like, oh gosh. And also too, it didn't help. I was there during the fall. I was there during fall right. season as well. So, but I, but even still, as spooky as it was, you know, Nadim and I love this stuff. So we, we get into it. And so it's best to take the tours. If you do ever go, take the tours at night. They're cool to see at day, but the night tours are so fascinating as well.
0: Yeah. And I agree with that. Uh, the night tours are definitely the way to go. I, 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 remember having this this distinct feeling as it was getting dark. Um, there is quite a bit of visitors and tourism in St. Augustine, obviously. Yeah. Uh, but it gets eerily quiet. And I mean eerily quiet. Yes. That, I agreed. With yes. a lot of people that you know are visiting, it's still eerily quiet. And I never kind of figure out why. Because, to be honest with you, it's kind of like, okay, you have a place that draws a lot of people, tourism. I mean, you go to Orlando or not, at night, it's not quiet. But St. Augustine has this, like, eerily quietness to it, almost as if um, silence kind of falls on it at nighttime. It's, it's almost like a, a very sorrowful feeling. And I think that as the show goes on, we're going to talk about our personal different experiences because Bill and I have both been there. Um, and we've been to different parts uh, of St. Augustine in different locations, so we're definitely going to talk about that. But yeah, th- there's a, a quietness that that happens there that I, I can't pinpoint. It. The only other place I've seen that sort of quietness has been in the old in Old Town Savannah at night. I will share, I had the privilege of
1: attending Flagler uh, at a conference or an event. It was like it was a mini conference or a symposium at Flagler College. And, folks, if you don't know Henry Flagler, let's share this. Henry Flagler is a, a, a pioneer in Florida who pretty much trailblazed. He was a railroad tycoon who trailblazed all the way up, you know, pioneered the way for us to enjoy what we now have through Disney, of course, now here in South Florida where we where we live and continued on to the key west and what's interesting is that along the way he was very instrumental in in bringing the the modernism to the city and people didn't re- we don't realize he didn't realize what he was doing that then i mean he didn't realize what he was doing but he also recognized he didn't realize the impact it would have today he died in 1913 i believe and yep. when he passed away a lot of what we you know what we experience, a lot of the things that we enjoy today, he had no idea those things would come to fruition as they did. But we recognized the train, like the airplane, and the soon to be car at that point too, were some of the more um, you know, mobile ways in which we could transport. Here's the thing though about the about um the Casablanca, which where I stayed. So if you ever go there, it is such a beautiful hotel. It was originally owned by a woman. And, th- and her name, ex- uh, her name is really unknown. It's like escape. They mentioned it there in the tour when you get to the place because I asked about it. But the point is this. She dealt with some very questionable people in her business and in her, in her personal life. And so, therefore, there were lots of, the story goes, there were lots of, you know, circumstances that took place in the hotel. She allegedly died in the place as well. And she's laid to rest in one of the cemeteries up there in St. Augustine. But people still claim that in the the area, there's a certain floor where one of the rooms, which is now like an office space room kind of thing. People still say that there are certain things that frequent the area that hit the area that that they say that they see the light turn on in the room of the area, which used to be. There's all these strange noises and sounds, screeches that they've heard at times, walk, you know, knockings and things of that nature. But the space is a, it's a beautiful hotel. It almost, you know what it reminds me of? Imagine Bourbon Street in New Orleans, which is another magical, mystical place, uh-huh. minus all the crowd, minus all the right. hype, just tourists and the nature of the city. So right. that would make it, I think, just like, just like St. Augustine, I think St. Augustine in, 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 um, New Orleans are, they have similar common threads in a unique way for spiritual, uh, mystical aspects. But I have to say, out of the two, maybe because New Orleans is all about the partying and the fun, right? And the Creole con- con- context. Right. And St. Augustine is definitely old world America, old world Florida. Yeah. You definitely don't get the, it's not a partying city, which lends no. itself for a greater focus on the eerie
0: tales and circumstances that we now enjoy. I, I agree with that, and there's so many – you use the the example of the Casablanca building, but there's so many buildings and so many historical buildings and hauntings and, uh, and uh, stories that have come out from St. Augustine. And one of them is the Warden Castle, and for those of you that don't know, the Warden Castle is basically a, – a, it was a hotel. It was a building that kind of looks like a castle, um, and Henry Flagler used to love staying there, as did – Roger Ripley. Now, Roger Ripley stayed there and enjoyed it so much that at one point his family bought it and it is the original Ripley's, believe it or not, that houses Roger Ripley's original collection yep. from travels around the world. And I forgot about that. Yeah, in the Warden, right. Castle, it is, but the Warden Castle, which is now Ripley's, um, people have claimed to have seen uh, Ripley. Roger Ripley and... Um, Henry Flagler. Yeah. Oh, gosh.
1: Okay. Now hold on, Nadine. So I, you know, I, <laughs> I, you just reminded me. Yes. Ripley was also there as well. I completely forgot. Yeah. Here's the thing. Okay. Now we're seeing them both. It's kind of a little odd, though. People claim that the, um, that St. Augustine is the place where they'd see, um, Henry Flagler spotted. But why is it also that he seemed to be spotted in other places as well? It's kind of interesting. We're, we're, you mentioned before, yeah. um, that he passed away. Like he's buried. I think he's buried, he's buried in, St. in a, a mausoleum
0: right? in the church in Saint Augustine. Saint Augustine, Florida. right? Henry Flagler,
1: so, yes. Okay, so then why do people rep- you know? This is interesting, folks. And in us if you know, to tell us, I heard that he was actually buried elsewhere, like in Maine, somewhere. I don't know where I got that. So that was oh, interesting. That's good yeah. to know because that's significant. He's so pivotal to Florida. Why would he be anywhere else? Just a thought. Side thought.
0: With with Henry Flagler, he is one of the most prominent architects. Right in building the city of St. Augustine, Florida, and he was in multiple places, and there's this uh, story hmm, uh, that when he was, you know, they they did have, and you can find some images, uh, they they had his uh, Hertz carriage was, like, uh, drawn down the street, you know, they had the horses go down the street in St. Augustine, everything closed down, the trains across Florida stopped at 3 o'clock for 10 minutes. But when he was uh, laid, not to rest, but I believe for uh, the funeral itself, Uh they said that they opened the doors and the the windows specifically because it was believed at that time that you would open the windows so that the spirit can go on. But somebody, unbeknownst to them about this whole um, idea of allowing the spirit to go on, closed the windows. And it's believed that there was, the, the reports are that uh, one of the windows, on because it was windy or whatever, blew mm-hmm. open, mm-hmm. and there's even a tile on the floor that has some form of marking that, that resembles Henry Flagler's face.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. So he, I think that's a that good story. He,
0: yeah, I think he, his apparition is actually seen or has been reported, seen mm-hmm. uh, by witnesses in multiple locations around St. Augustine.
1: That's interesting, you know the Victoria I keep forgetting that he also lived and worked you know thrived in a, a, a pre a pre post victorian era, and the Victorians folks you know Halloween's coming the season is coming fall is coming soon, you know they doem I get extra excited over here because it's our time yep. one of our favorite times of year but i I'd be remiss if I didn't talk about the lighthouse for a second and my tour experience there I will share that at the lighthouse um the tour it's a beautiful lighthouse it's It's open for tours both day and night, so I had the pleasure of going to both seeing it during the day to look out over the the water and everything, but also going at night with a was got about twenty something people there, but they also had like a festival on ground as well it was like a it's 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 almost like you know what the it reminds us of of our house here in miami um the deering estate, so they have uh-huh. like different yeah. events and and things that are going on there so fast forward now. There's a story, however, about the petite uh, daughters or girls, who were three girls whose father worked at the lighthouse in the late 1800s, and the the story goes that the girls were out. They it was two girls and one African American girl, I believe. They were all friends. They were playing. Both the fathers were on the premises. People were working and doing their thing, but then when they apparently something happened with the boys, the girls somehow fell into this the water. And there was a boulder, something that fell on top of them that was keeping them from being rescued. The African-American man who was on premises, one of the workers out there, he saw them. He tried to go and rescue. Two of the three girls passed away. The youngest, um, the petite girl, actually lived. And so to this day, people claim that obviously her spirit or the spirit of the girls who, not her spirit, the living one, but the other two girls who perished, that their spirits are on the place during a tour, I remember the tour guide telling us that one lady commented, oh, you know, she was a week ago, one of the patrons on the tour mentioned during the day that she saw a girl sitting out by on the path, like there's a trail around there. And she thought she saw like a a older, like a girl dressed in old world clothing, in, in our mind, Victorian. And so it was a quite interesting story. People have reported hearing uh, shrills, screeches, sounds, moans. Lights, of course, appear. Um, in the early fifties, there was the, the 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 lighthouse keeper who used to live on premises. He said one night he was there. He heard sounds going on above in the upper areas, and it freaked him so much that he refused to return. And so there were also a couple of deaths on that at the lighthouse as well. There were a couple of individuals who did pass away. Um uh, one of them actually the second one which was one of the lighthouse keepers one from the later years he actually passed away um, somehow some strange way on the premises all these so, so you got a combination of things there are poltergeists reporting their playful ghosts they think it's the girls and then whenever things are bad they think it's the evil guy the the not so nice yeah. um, housekeeper that was there in the 50s 1950s so the lighthouse in itself has all these interesting stories and folks when you go to a lighthouse There's not much to it, at least to me. They have a basement. It has a basement. It's well lit and it's well preserved. It's stunningly beautiful both day and night. And so it definitely is something to take in. But no one actually lives there. But there is a staff that still runs it, a historical society. So people are there regularly, daily. And, of course, hundreds of patrons who go there to, to tour the space it's definitely a place to see folks. But one of the stories are those petite daughters who, uh, the petite girls and their, their tragedy on the premises.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And first of all, it's a terrible story, right? Whatever you have to so yeah. young life it's a terrible story, but also, and they do this sometimes in horror movies. Maybe. Why is it that the sound of like kids laughing or, or, or playing or little girls laughing or playing is kind of like eerie? They they do it all the time in horror movies. (laughs) And it's like that may have not even anything to do with the story because I guess people find it, well, I guess it's eerie. But in that story in particular, obviously it's, you know, it's very sad because you have the loss of of young life. And, you know, when, when people hear these stories and then when they experience something and then hear the stories afterwards, they say to themselves, oh, wait, there's that connection of what I heard or what I think I'm, I heard when I was there or visiting the location. And, folks, we are uh, coming up the first 20 minutes of the show. As a reminder, you are more than welcome to call in with your stories, questions, or comments at 347-539-5372. Again, the number is 347-539-5372. You can always email us at everydayfolkslisten at gmail.com or frytalkguys at gmail.com. And you could always DM us on Instagram at N-T-A-B-S-T-H, so N-T-A-B-S-T-H, at Dr. Billy Jones, or at Fright Talk Guys.
1: There are a lot of options there, folks. And I have to share, Nadine, one more thing. The St. Augustine Lighthouse Museum, they're like a preservation community. They off, they actually throw. When I was last I just remember something else. When I was there, it was in October 2008. They actually throw a, a a festival Halloween kind of thing' because I remember seeing the signage, so I wasn't there when it happened. but there was some signage that they actually throw a Halloween party in the spirit of the lighthouse that uh-huh. many of the lighthouse um, the the grown children and former owners of the house, you know descendants, I should say they make a, they said that that's one of the things that people come out and people celebrate. So I thought that was super cool because I don't see that happening in our own locale. Like, we right. have, we have, like, people rent the space for Deering Estate, and yes, there are ghost tours, but having a festival or a gathering in honor of the ghosts on the premises, yeah. or or the spirituality of the space, is not something we see in our own locale. So I'm like, dang, that'd be kind of cool it's to have cool. You know? yeah, That's a yeah. good idea. That's like, hmm, I like that. So hopefully, um, and, and, and or any of the folks who run it, Vizcaya, or Deering Estate, or um, yes, the 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 uh, the Curtis Mansion. I hope you're listening, Curtis so that you can get some, and we'd be happy to partner with you if you're interested.
0: Yes, definitely. <laughs> Billy, I have a question here from Rich coming in. Okay. And Rich says, "Describe your ghost tour experience when you were in St. Augustine. Did you like it? How does it compare to other tours you have taken?"
1: So that's a good question. That's a very good question, Rich. I think. That I'll say this. You get a whole other vibe when you're in St. Augustine. If you're doing it in a, a major city, like I've done the ones here in South Florida and Miami, I'd rather go to the one in Fort Lauderdale than the one in Miami, only yeah. because Miami is so busy. There's not a space where so there's anybody, there's silence. So you don't get the creepiness sure. that I'm expecting from the moment. However, though, um, I would say that St. Augustine just offers so much more it, because there's not there's not a whole lot to distract you from the environment. You really are in tune with it more naturally with what it's worth from its history, from its beauty, of course. It's a beautiful city, and as well as of course, its scary stories. What about you, Nadim? What do you think well, of that? That's a good question.
0: It is a good question, and I know I, I've done ghost tours before in Savannah, Georgia, at night, which is pretty cool. They take you like in an open that's a good book. one too, yeah. Old they take you around the the savannah, so that one's pretty good. When it comes to St. Augustine, and again, folks, I recommend doing these tours at night. They have yeah. all these night tours. It, it it really does make a difference. Um, well, if you can handle it, because it does get it's significantly um, creepier. I the tours I took in St. Augustine um, were not ghost tours, but I did go to different places, which I'll talk about a little later in the show, and I did feel things were a bit off, which I think, you know, when you go to a place that is known to be a haunted locale or a place where you see a lot of apparitions, or witnesses have claimed to see a lot of apparitions, and you kind of experience something off yourself, I think that's kind of a little bit more, uh, it's a little bit more emboldened than just taking the ghost tour because the ghost tour for the most part is going to show you something superficial but some of the tours that you go on your own and some of the things you do on your own those are the experiences that are going to be like oh crap this is creepy and i wasn't expecting it because when you go on a ghost tour billy you expect to be creeped out i
1: do i you do, do right i sure do and i also go prepared so let me show for sure <laughs> holy water so, see now You know, holy water, you know, my crucifix, you know, all the things, you know, other items I shall not name on air, you know. (laughs) No, all jokes aside, I will say I do expect, and I also hope, let me share this about a storyteller too. Uh, I feel that the storytelling aspect, I appreciated that, Rich, in St. Augustine. Yeah. On the other cities that I've done, like the one here in Miami, um, if you could do it with Dr. Javall George, my dear colleague and retired historian from Miami-Dade, it is awesome. But if you get some folks who just start giving you like a history lesson, and I'm taking a class, it's not the same thing. And yeah. so I feel that in St. Augustine, they really do well in the storytelling and making it very intimate and very focused in that regard, that cultural focus. So I thought that was very, that was something I take away and appreciate to this day, the art of the storytellers and the time that I, I,
0: I experienced it. Yeah. But Rich, thank you for your question. But if you're in St. Augustine. Good question. Do the do the tour, but I recommend whatever tour you do, do it at night as opposed to during the day.
1: You know the he heat. That's a good point. Definitely do it at night. Now you may not be able to get to the cemeteries at night, folks. So you're aware yeah. they do take. There is a couple. There there are a couple of tours. I remember going to when they rode by them and went to the different spaces. But
0: mm-hmm. uh, of course
1: you can't go in them. There's no lights out there and things like that. But I will tell you, just even during the day, they're also kind of creepy. They're actually great settings for all kinds of things and so definitely though the night aspect it's just a whole other world and, and and I remember very distinctly Nadine when I was there as the night drew near I just felt a different energy in the in the city like the city seems to suddenly come to life in a different way yeah differently and that I appreciated about it too
0: yeah I, I agree with that I definitely agree with that thank you for your question Rich that was awesome
1: it was hey Nadine I got one of this came in. It says, Steve, Steve, it says, the lighthouse is the most symbolic icon of St. Augustine. you got to visit. Ghost hunters visited a few years back. Have you visited? Have you guys toured other lighthouses? So um, have you toured other lighthouses? I've only I done that one and those, the one uh, here.
0: The, the one, one here on I've been to, it was called uh, right. uh, El Farido is what they would call it. Yeah, I've been to the one here in Miami. I've not. I've seen of course the one in St Augustine. Um but I haven't been to the one in I haven't been inside the tour of the one in St Augustine but I've been to the one here. There is one here in Miami and Key Biscayne that I've been to. Um and lighthouses it's depending on where you are, right? Because you you only find them on right. the coast. So once you're inland you're not really going to find them. Right. Um yeah, Steve, I agree with you. The lighthouse is very symbolic with St Augustine, but you know what? So is the fort. The fort, yeah, symbolic yep. of St. Augustine as well. Yeah.
1: Indeed, when you were at the, when you went to the one at on Key Biscayne, because I, I went there, that was even more. I would honestly say even twenty years ago for that one. What was your take on that experience? And you went there in it the was, day. I'm certain it was there in the day.
0: It was during the day. Um, it's on the beach or next to the beach. Right. That beach is very busy. Uh, typically, at least the day I went, it was very busy. Mm-hmm. And so, and it doesn't seem very large. I mean, I know it's a lighthouse, but in comparison to, like, maybe the St. Augustine one, it didn't seem as large. But, again, and you mentioned this earlier, Billy, like, when you're taking a ghost tour or when you're touring something, if there's a lot of activity, a lot of people talking, a lot of people driving by, it's hard to appreciate the space you're in. Um, and so, Steve, to answer your question, I, I've been to the lighthouse here in Miami. There's, there's, as far as I know, there's no haunting creepy stories about it right none that i'm aware of anyway billy i don't know if you uh, know of any but i am not aware of any um
1: not at all i i'm not um i am aware however there was a place that we were going to stay at i just remember something the saint francis inn is another um tragic place in saint augustine <laughs> and it's a beautiful house but um i they said this the inn is a small inn but it's haunted by spirits it says that this boy his uncle um, one day, this boy's uncle uh, walked in on him and a lover, <laughs> uh, the young man and his lover. Um, he was so upset with his nephew, what they were up to. And he took the anger out on the girl, the woman. And, the, the, you know, and, it, there, and as a result, it's not clear what happened among them. But what the, I remember the storyteller on the, the, the tour guide said, a few days later, the girl died. And it's a, you know the guy was guilt ridden and then he ended up crashing and, and and severing himself, his hurting his breaking his neck or something and an accident as well. There was just all this tragedy that happened at the um, inn, right. and so uh, it's a it's a it's an adorable place, but it definitely is something to consider as well. There's so many adorable spots for great picture taking and selfies too at these places. So when you do go both day or night, have your cameras out because you don't know what you might capture. From the true, world. true.
0: <laughs> I have a question here for from our good friend Max Max, Hello, you know, Max one of our great uh listeners Max says Henry Flagler was very significant in saint augustine's history that's that's true. I hear he's had significant influence on South Florida as well, and Billy talks about that. Do you no. think he haunts either places? Yes, I think he haunts several places, especially in St Augustine. I'm going to say this. Here's a tidbit of information. Mm-hmm. Um Flagler, as he's developing St. Augustine, he sees that there's a necessity for a prison. Keeps some law and order, right? But he doesn't want the prison to be an eyesore. So he had the prison designed in a way where you can't tell it's a prison from the outside. You can only tell it's a prison from the inside. It has this Victorian style to the building that's actually kind of nice, except for the gallows. On <laughs> they have gallows behind <laughs> But he hired the same company, and it was a company that would build jails around mm. the country. He hired the same company that built Alcatraz. So the same company that built Alcatraz mm. built the St. Augustine Jail, and Henry Flagler had a hand in that. And that's the thing. Henry Flagler, Max, had a hand in a lot of things in St. Augustine, and that is why I believe a lot of people have said that they've seen his spirit in various parts throughout the city.
1: Uh, Max, just another thought to add to that. You should check out one of our earlier episodes in our earlier days, about a year ago, because we're coming up on our anniversary, folks. So happy birthday to us. Yeah, Uh, We discussed um, the history of Florida, and we were talking about the Stranahan House. And we brought up John Stranahan. That name's come up several times on this show. And one of the things that people don't realize is that south florida was definitely not what it is today um it was definitely a lot of swamp and a lot of mosquitoes and horrible hurricanes and so henry flagler however he pressed onward and he lost crew who were working on the, the railroads um as they worked they worked they didn't have ways of predicting the things we know today for storms and so they worked and lived and survived through a great deal and so we even here in south florida we have schools here named after him there are a couple of elementary or middle schools that are named after him yeah. here as well. I know Broward has one. We have streets named after him, but that mm-hmm. goes all the way up to northern Florida. So I think Max, that it's what's neat is that you have some individuals who um, who have such great impact on people on, on our on our culture. It's also something to keep a note as well. I always wonder. See, he was before Walt Disney, though, right? Yeah, well, yeah. well before, yeah. Um, but Walt Disney, I thought he made a reference to Henry Flagler at some point. Because just like yeah. he had, oh, Henry Flagler was a pioneer, so was Walt Disney. And yes. people claim that he's haunting Disney as well. You know, maybe we'll look at that at some point in the show in an episode, Dean, where we'll look at, you know, the haunts of, of theme parks of Disney World. That's a really good one, too. Yeah.
0: Billy, let me ask you, and this is a, a side note from one of the questions where we have yeah. coming in. Uh, do you believe that spirit would stay in one location, or if they were involved in different buildings and locations, would be seen or connected to those different locations. So do you believe that the spirit would be stationary to a place? Or like in the case of Henry Flagler, that we're talking about so many people seeing his apparition in different locations throughout St. Augustine, that it can be anywhere with one particular be,
1: Yeah. Spirit? It depends on a number of factors. One, if it's tragedy and circumstance, sometimes energy remains in that space, right? Yeah, and I, good or evil. It could be one way or another. Two, sometimes we can go tapping into other spaces or universes beyond our reproach. That includes yeah. via, you know, communication options, mediums, and the sort. That can also attract energy and take it home with you as well. I have read a few cases in the Deem of people who actually went on tours and actually felt like they took something home with them from the yeah. experience. Hence yeah. why some people don't like ghost tours and going to spiritual places because they're afraid they may attract. But here's my thought on that. I can only attract what I allow to, to attract to me. Because at the end of the day, I guess I keep this boundary of, you know, I, of, as believer, I'm on the fence between believer and skeptic. And I'm always okay with one or the other. I believe there are things that could be more beyond our control, but I also sometimes have scientific understanding. I try to use science to interpret those things. It all depends on how you connect and what you bring. So if you, it's like it's just like this: if you think good things thought good thoughts in the world, good things come to you, right? You attract and have a na- nasty attitude and nasty behavior, bad things or karma are going to come to you. So it's like the same thing. Well, I would think that's well, the goats, because they are former uh, versions or notions of the essence of humans. So I think they have that same as well. But Nadine, one more thought. Well, why haven't, I mean, do we haven't covered this before, but do animals, they're, you know, cover and do animals fall in that same category? Can animals hunt a place, right? And so we haven't really explored that, but there have been some conversations, I remember in St. Augustine during our tour, the lady said they've heard certain animals or the sounds of of horse hooves and the distance and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, and that's a very interesting take because I think that when it comes to apparitions or, or hauntings or things that people have claimed to have seen or have experienced, um, I think that it always – they go to the human factor first. Mm-hmm. I believe that they don't even think about the animals, what, even though it could possibly be, but I, I feel like it, that's they don't focus on that first. But it that's would true. be interesting. It would be very interesting to to cover that, yeah.
1: Yeah, good point. Hey, I got one for you. Mark, the greatest. Mark underscore the greatest. <laughs> there are several ghost stories about St. Augustine, especially about, the doc, about Dr. Whedon. I heard he did some strange experiments on the Osceola chief. Have you heard of this story? Uh, I Vaguely, Mark, honestly, for me, Nadim, I don't know if it sounds familiar to you, I can only give this basic part, and, and, and we can research this to find out. I'll start on this, Nadim. I, so, Dr. Whedon, my understanding, was called in. This was during, I forgot which war, the Civil War, was it? I can't recall which. But it was a war at that point, and he was a physician at the time. I'm trying to remember this from the tour from 13 years ago. And he, somehow the Osceola chief was injured in this war, or obviously this war between the natives, and et cetera. And he was brought in. But they say he did some crazy Frankenstein stuff. He actually, they said that he would, wanted to be left alone with the deceased Osceola. It was like, what are you doing? And so, mm-hmm. like, so it's almost opens like Frankenstein. That's the only way I can describe it and recall it. It was like a Frankenstein moment or some strange like, I'm gonna play funeral parlor director. It was weird, but that's the only thing I know. Mark the greatest. I'm sorry. Right. Have you heard of that? And Deep? I don't know anymore.
0: So, Mark, here's what here's what I, I know. And as Billy was talking, I pulled something up here. Um. So you're absolutely right. He was a surgeon. He was contracted okay. by the US Army and <laughs> uh he was supposed to help, theoretically, the ailing uh warriors um Osceola and Uchibili. However, uh it's believed that he actually decapitated their heads after they died. What? So that kind of ties into what you're saying that him he's him wanting to be left alone with some of the patients and stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so it sounds like he was pretty much a kook because, you know, he decapitated people. And this was a somebody who was a, a surgeon. He was contract Now, he wasn't – he did not work – he was not in the U.S. Army, let me say that. He was a contract surgeon for the U.S. Army, which is not the same thing. And so – but, yeah, he – now, whether that's because he – he had disdain or hate for Native Americans? I don't know. I don't know mm. other stories uh, of him harming patients other than those, those uh, two warriors. But still, I mean, that in itself is pretty, um, I don't know, that's pretty dark in itself for him. You know, you decapitate somebody after they die. You know, I mean, you say well, if he did it while they were living, he wanted to kill them, but he did it after they were dead. Not sure what his purpose was there or if he was doing experiments or whatever it is on them. Mark, mm. the great! Thank you, Mark. We appreciate your question. And thank That's you for bringing it up, by the way, Mark, because uh, I looked it up, and that was, that was interesting. I have a question here for you, Billy, from Jennifer. She says, cemeteries are fascinating spaces. Yes, they are. But the ones in St. Augustine are extra unique. You guys covered cemeteries during the last couple of shows. Have you visited the St. Augustine Cemetery?
1: So I've visited several cemeteries. There is one, and I can't remember the name of the name. It starts with an H. It's a weird name.
0: Juvenile? Like
1: it, it's something that started with an H. And I remember it looking like yeah. something I would see in, like, a Michael Jackson thriller video. And uh, it it was beautiful. It was like, see, I always see beauty in the macabre. Sometimes, especially during the day. Again, this was during the day, (laughs) so yes, I visited the cemetery. We were allowed because we were on a riding a mobile tour, so they like rolled by some things, but we stopped at the lighthouse, so we didn't get a chance to do like stop every single place. But I like the fact that at this particular cemetery, we it was (laughs) the colors. The i didn't find it very sad i just found it very fascinating some of the tombstones had no inscriptions you know so this yeah. is somebody's loved ones someone spent time to put this there but just like in time hundreds and hundreds of years from now are we going to have loved ones looking after us and our remains when we decide to put them and so and then they become more museums right and so i i just find that that whole episode was just fascinating jennifer uh, i think that it's unique because you don't have this the the clamor of the city the clamor of the city life around you. You're really connected to the reality that you're in, and that's the thing I keep restressing here for thin Augustine. If not, if if you've been, I'm assuming you have. You will probably understand that you get to really absorb the environment.
0: Yeah, and I know uh, Jennifer. I know that there's a story of a judge, Judge John. Um... Dickney. And he was Mm -hmm. uh, a judge in St. Augustine, Florida, and he passed away. And they buried him in the, I think it's Huguenot? I don't know if I'm saying that correctly. Uh Huguenot? That's it. That's the one. That's it. The Huguenot Cemetery? Okay. And in the Huguenot Cemetery, uh, which they say is like one of the most haunted places, eventually after several years, his children, the judge's children, they moved away from St. Augustine, Florida, but they wanted the father to be closer to them. So they exhumed the body to move the body closer to them. But in the move, uh there were grave robbers and they stole the gold teeth out of the judge's oh, mouth Lord. and some other items. So it is believed people have reported Billy's over here laughing, you guys can't see. It. So but it is reported that because of that they have seen his apparition around uh, the cemetery. So he looking for his grill. <laughs> i mean listen i mean tough times but we but we we know that we know that grave robbers were were a thing right so grave robbers it was kind of common uh we're not i'm not saying it's right but it was common but yeah they they took the poor man's gold teeth
1: yeah. I'm sorry. Nadine you knows every once in a while. I get in my giggly moments, and it gets bad. So let me go to Pete's question. <laughs> Folks, if you have questions for us, call us at 347-539-5372. And if you don't want to do that, it's okay. You can go ahead and inbox us at FrightTalkGuys at gmail.com or on FrightTalkGuys on Instagram or at EverydayFolksListen at gmail.com. Check it out, Nadine. Pete says, there are lots of trees in cemeteries in St. Augustine. Definitely Old World Florida. right, guys, would you play near trees or spaces as a child, knowing that the space was haunted or possessed by something?
0: I think that depending on the age, you may not even know what possessed is. You just may know that something is scary. I probably would stay away from it. First of all, chances are my grandmother wouldn't even let me anywhere near it if she heard stories or something like that. But the truth is that I don't know at what age you start comprehending, right, right. That, that that there's something spookier going on. Would I, as a kid, I don't know. I was brought up, at, at an early age, brought up to respect what cemeteries were. Yeah. Right, we would even drive by cemeteries, and my grandmother would say, uh, "Turn off the music." Right, mm-hmm. and you drive by cemeteries say, "Turn off the music; you're disturbing the dead." And so, from an early age, I was learned I, I learned to respect. But I agree that they, they have a lot of those, um, those like old, almost willow-looking, like weeping willow-looking trees, especially the more north Florida you go. And so, what I have played around and by a tombstone or a creepy tree when I was a kid? Maybe a creepy tree, but definitely not a tombstone. What about you, Billy? I'm pretty sure they kept you away from tombstones and
1: Uh, creepy trees. Listen, I think our grandmothers were related. Grandmothers and mothers. Because even when you (laughs) rode by a cemetery, like one time I remember riding a car and I pointed, oh my gosh, there's a cemetery. Don't point at the cemetery. Your mother's not dead. That's what my my grandmother used to say. Don't point at the cemetery. Your mom's not dead. I'm like, okay. And (laughs) so, But then I start realizing even when I passed by one today. I would say I'm fine with passing because I have to pass the 117 when my father, my grandfather is buried. You know, your yeah. father's uh, passed away yeah. and, and it has, it's buried in, in a similar space where you, if you go that way, you'll pass it, right? Yes. I guess right. when we're passing it though, I'm not thinking about the fear and the spookiness. I'm thinking of the loved one that I know is there. It's like going to visit their house in a way, you know, this to spend some time. So it has a different connotation once you've graduated to that other side of what it means and what death means as it relates to cemeteries. And so, uh, especially for loss. So I guess, Pete, for us, no, we're not playing around trees unless, we know, we play around trees, but we're not, we don't know their history. But I've heard some crazy stories, Pete, of children playing around trees where there were hangings and other strange things occurred. And so, but people... I mean, there are so many different types of things. There are willows that, you know, the weeping willow and all these things that go on. They visit them. They make movies off of them. So I, I would say that it's definitely, definitely a per, point of view that we haven't considered here, and we appreciate it.
0: Yeah. And when, we were, when I was talking about that judge, one of the, the reports, the witnesses say mm-hmm. that they see him sitting in a tree in the cemetery. Oh, so it's interesting that he brings that up. All right, I have a, ah. a good story and question here from Chester. Okay, so it Let's starts with a story it. and question. So Chester, thank you so much. Chester says, "I was staying at a small hotel in Saint Augustine back in 2008. One night, while I and and my friends, two others, were sitting and relaxing in my hotel room, there came a sudden knock on the hotel door. We hmm. froze for some strange reason. Then again." We were a bit startled since we didn't know any of the locals and were just there for a visit. Anyhow, the knock happened twice. We looked out the peephole, but it was too dark. Or perhaps someone was covering the hole. We ended up calling the front desk who dispatched a few officers. They found no one. Have you experienced something like this while in St. Augustine or other places?
1: Fortunately, no, Nadim. I'm so glad because when you're on vacation, you want to jail. I don't want to be freaked out. At least if I'm going to a theme park or an attraction, but where I sleep and dwell, all, I'm already staying in a place that's unfamiliar, right, or not my usual territory, even if I'm a, a regular there, uh, one. Two, I'm very concerned always. I'm a, mob, a lot more vigilant when I'm away out of my environment, right, Nadine? Even when you travel, no matter, no matter how many times you've been somewhere, you're more alert because you're not a regular there. So you're more in tuned with things that when you go places, and so I would say that it's nice that um I, I it's nice that you shared the story though the story is a fascinating Chester Wow I would say no though I have not experienced any challenges of that type even in St Augustine had no issues at all I, In fact I slept extremely well the food was really good I felt like it was just a derived essence of Southern hospitality. Um, I had no issues at all. How about you, Nadine?
0: I mean, I've been to some very creepy places. Have I experienced anything um as far as like knocking or anything like that? No. Nothing to that nature. But you know, Billy, I spent a lot of time in, I've spent a lot of time in different cabins in different yeah, woods.
1: That's true. That's true. Uh
0: in different states. Mm-hmm. Uh specifically in Georgia and there are times and most of the time when I stay in these different places they have a porch and I like going out at night and just looking at the stars and things like that though so here's here's the the bad part of that is that when you're out at night and you hear something in the mm-hmm. bushes it could be a lizard and you could think it's you know Bigfoot but <laughs> it's true it's true because your mind's that's playing me tricks but I know that there's, I, there have been times where I would have that feeling as if something or someone, rather, is watching me at night when I'm on the porch, right? Mm. And sometimes it's been with other people on the porch. Um, but it's an eerie thing. It doesn't happen every time. But something like that, and you can't – that's a little stranger because you can't pinpoint it. I know Chester specifically, him and his friends. So it wasn't just Chester who heard it. His friends heard the knock as well.
1: That's right. So
0: I think um, there are those. I think there's a lot of times that we probably have experienced instances like this, and we kind of disregard it to to something else. Uh, But not not, Chester. I don't have any any experiences like the one that you are talking about. But definitely the feeling of being somewhere where it's a stranger from. You're a stranger in a strange place, and you hear different things. uh, Definitely, yeah. I, I definitely can, can understand that. So here's a
1: thought for you. I watch, I love watching online people who do the off-the-grid stuff with tiny homes uh-huh. or cabins. And I'm always wondering, I'm tempted on YouTube, check this out, Nadine, to reach out to them and ask them, like, how is your experience as it relates to this? You know, it relates to the paranormal. Because at the, it, kind of like what you're saying there, we're so used to city life. And we go outside, we see a lizard, a raccoon, anything. Oh, my God. It's like the zoo, the animal kingdom. But when you're out in nature and you're, like, scattered and human life is a little bit more disper- dispersed or dispa- you know, this disparity or disbursement of, of, of folks, you get more of a more – until you adjust, you're more alert to nature. <laughs> you just hear nature like the animals do and like the trees do. And so right. I'm always curious to those who have those t- tiny homes that they have that. So that's something to think about too as we're going forward. So folks, if any of you have a tiny home or you have a paranormal experience? Tell us. <laughs> we'd love <laughs> to hear it. Email us, m- Instagram message us, whatever. Let us know because we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, I got I a question a- here, yeah. Nadine.
0: Okay. You got one
1: too? No, go with yours I- because this one kind of
0: we asked it before. Go ahead with yours. Okay. Uh, this is from Stacy. Stacy says it's been a while since I visited St. Augustine. For some hmm. reason. I'm drawn to it. I don't see it as spooky, but it's definitely a spiritual place. Have you had a similar feeling while visiting there? And I have, and I know Billy has. So, Billy, go ahead and then. uh...
1: Listen, Stacey, I felt that. Yes, there is something different. But I felt it during the day. But as the night drew, drew near, I felt it even more. But then again, I felt that because of my own vivid imagination. Absolutely, Stacey, there is something magical, unique there. I couldn't live there. I want to say that. It's just not a town I want to live in because of I'm used to the lifestyle and things of where I'm from. Not that a town has anything bad. It's a beautiful space. It's just not for me. But definitely, I felt something. I did.
0: Right. And so, you know, Billy, I told you, about, and I mentioned it on one of the mm-hmm. last shows, I've been to St. Augustine and I've been into the jail in St. Augustine. The jail in St. Augustine, um, it is, so first of all, it was ran by somebody named Sheriff Joe Perry, who was like an iron fist warden sheriff for no playing around. He was a large, intimidating guy. He was 6'5", reported 6'5", 300 pounds. Right. Okay? So this this is, you know, this is a big guy. And his wife, and his family lived across the hall from some of the prisoners but i remember going there and it wasn't a very large prison but they allow you to walk through to see the, the how small those spaces are from the cells and they would put four people in these cells very uh-huh. small spaces and you know i remember just feeling a very cold feeling as you're walking through the the jail the cells itself very cold and that it's almost like claustrophobic, angering feeling. So it wasn't a great, it wasn't a good feeling. Right. So I remember walking through that jail and thinking that, and they had gallows outside where they hung people often. (gasps) Oh,
1: that's right. That's right. I remember we passed by the mobile thing. I remember that. Oh gosh. Yeah.
0: So it, it was a very creepy experience. Um, I enjoyed it. The historical aspect was great. Uh-huh. And the jail is believed to be one of the haunted places where you see people have reported the apparition of, of Sheriff Joe Perry. And the reason why it's so distinct is because he was such a large man. So when people have reported, oh, I've seen somebody mm-hmm. who looks like this and like that. Um, they, I think, have only one known picture of Sheriff Joe Perry, and he's standing by the gallows and at a distance. But they do have a couple statues of him um in the on the property but yeah definitely uh stacy it wasn't a spiritual feeling it was an odd feeling it was a cold feeling mm. and uh i'm sure that a lot of people probably experienced something similar when they hey, visited jail as well
1: hey nadine check this out i just got a random thought two places i would not want to visit and a in its natural purpose ready Hospitals and jails.
0: That's right. That's <laughs> we'll right. visit
1: them in historic sites.
0: That's <laughs> we'll right. We'll visit
1: them when they're abandoned, but we will not visit them when their actual, oh, you know, purpose.
0: Oh,
1: oh. Exactly, because that's creepy. <laughs> right? Yes.
0: Absolutely. No, no. We only want to see it as a tour. We don't want to be visitors. We just want. We don't want to be visitors that stay there. We only want to see it as a tour.
1: <laughs> hey. Is it- It's a good question. This is from unknown. So I don't know what this, what this person, I can't read what they said here, but it says great show. Old world ghost stories are my favorite from plantation homes, from plantation homes. um, You guys continue to cover it. What else will you take? Where else will you take us? Also have you guys visited Flagler college, which we already mentioned earlier. We, I have it's home to Flagler's ghost. They say it's also one of the most haunted colleges in America. That that part that part of the unknown. That's a good thought for us for future shows. Looking at haunted universities or colleges. That's a super cool idea. Yeah. But Nadine, that first part. Where else can? Where else are we taking them? Where are we taking them?
0: We can take them. Listen, we we were we are gonna put them on a spooky train and we're gonna take them all over the place because we have a great lineup coming up for them. And also, Flagler College used to be a hotel.
1: It was a hotel. It looked like a Gatsby hotel. It was a yeah. hotel.
0: Yeah, and you yeah. know what? A week ago I was in Tampa and when I went to Tampa, Tampa University has one of their, their one of their historical buildings that they have there that mm-hmm. almost looks like the Kremlin in Moscow by the design was a hotel as well. So there's a lot of hotels hmm. that they've converted to colleges or universities at some point. Well that's interesting. We, yeah. Oh, okay, so I know we're running out of time, but I have one more question I want to get to from Tina. Go for it. And, uh, she says, the Casablanca Inn is a beautiful place to stay at. It's also haunted. Some say the woman who used to own the place still haunted. Would you stay in an allegedly haunted hotel? So I know you talked about the Casablanca, yeah. but the question is, would you stay in a haunted hotel?
1: Yes. As long as Nadim is there and everywhere else we know and we have extra support, and I will not classify what that support is. I'll plead the fifth on defining that. Yes. But yes, I would, I would, I don't know, I, depending on the severity of the situation of the tragedy, I don't know if I'll stay in the room where it happened, but I would stay in the hotel nonetheless and enjoy my stay, I would, as long as I'm not I alone.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, I, I would as well, and I'm with you, not, not going in there alone, but I definitely would, I, I, you know, you have to experience things to know what, it you know, to, to know what it is, so I I'm I'm more than willing to as well.
1: You know that like question was, that was that question of... that was you know, that question I was asked or that question I was asked earlier about where are we taking folks? Well yeah. folks on July thirtieth, let, let, let's just share this. And Nadine and I were chatting and you know, we always put our schedules well out in advance. But we're super excited about some of the stuff that's coming up now. Courtesy of, of, of Silver Screen. And Nadine, you wanna share a little bit where we're going in the next
0: episode? Sure. So next episode we are going to cover Uh, the new Fear Street movies, and the new American Horror Stories show. So for those of you that don't know, folks, Netflix has released, uh, three weeks in a row they've dropped one movie for Fear Street. It's going to be a trilogy, so the third one uh, dropped today, actually, and we're going to cover it. So we're going to cover Fear Street, which is a great kind of slasher. It is. Absolutely love it, and American Horror Stories. Now, if you're a fan of the show, this is not the same recurring cast from before, right? So this focuses – every couple episodes is going to focus on specific little stories within that realm. But you know what? It's so good. It's so awesome that Billy and I said we have to cover this now. So next episode, we are going to cover Fear Street Review. We're going to hear your thoughts on it, the Fear Street books, which obviously that's where the movies came from, and the American Horror Stories, the new show as well, which the new show is on Hulu. The Fear Street is on Netflix. So if you have one platform or the other, you should be able to partake.
1: You see why we're broke, folks? We always go to these things, right? They put everything on different <laughs> things. Tomorrow, it'll be on Amazon Prime. And then after that, it'll be on Shutter. My goodness. But you know what? Wherever horror goes, we shall too. And folks, we thank you so much for listening to this episode. Don't forget to check us out in all previous episodes. Available on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Play, and Speaker. And yes, on our archive for Blog Talk Radio. Take care and stay safe and see you soon.